Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and if you want to catch up on the latest in amateur and Olympic wrestling, there's only one podcast to listen to. Subscribe to Bashamania, the Bashamania podcast, and have a nice day. Yeah. And speaking of WWE Hall of Famers, today we have WWE hopeful Jacob Casper back on the podcast to kick off season two. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Jacob Casper, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, we've been talking about doing this for for months as, you know, we've been doing some stuff on the marketing side with Bash Solutions and a website and kind of helping you on the brand side. We've had so many conversations and I'm like, man, you got to come on and kick off season two. So, you know, I guess we'll start here. Recently announced retirement from amateur wrestling. What went into that decision? Uh, I think a, a lot went into it. I've been pondering that decision for a while now and kind of weighing all my options. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a bad option out there for me right now. It's just thinking about pursuing which dream that I feel I really want to go after. I was still kind of in the decision and, and deciding process, uh, weighing a lot of those options and my lease ended up running out on my apartment in Durham and uh, that kind of made things a little bit more difficult. Do I take the lease? Do I extend the lease without knowing what I want to do for another year? Do I want to, um, you know, just move on? Where am I going to move to? And there's a lot of things up in the air. Like so many people right now um, are having these issues, especially during these coronavirus COVID times. So I figured for now it's best to say goodbye. I never literally left my shoes on the mat, so if it comes a, a point in time where I want to put those shoes back on, lace them back up, and compete again like I've done so many times, I still have that option there. But, you know, like like the post kind of said, it's not goodbye. It's see you later for now. And that was kind of forced. That My hand <laughs> kind of got forced by Nick Wazowski there. Um, I wasn't going to say anything for a while. I was kind of just going to ride it off into the sunset and then eventually say it. And yeah. on my last day at Wolfpack, he said, hey, man, let's get a picture together. And I, I thought that was kind of unique because we don't usually get pictures <laughs> together uh, for, you know, all the times we work out. And then, you know, he put a heartfelt message out there on Twitter about, you know, what I meant to him as a training partner and stuff. And he's not one to do that typically. Yeah. So that meant a lot to me. And 
with that going out there, I kind of felt like I had to address, you know, the metaphorical elephant in the room and kind of let people know, hey, I am stepping away for right now. And we'll kind of decide what's next in these next couple months as we figure some things out. And it's so interesting, too, that you brought up, you know, because I know everything going on kind of behind the scenes with you. But it's interesting you bring up a point we haven't talked about, which is your lease expiring. And I feel like it's so easy on the surface to look at wrestlers and look at the wrestling community from the outside and say, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? For me, on the marketing and media side, it's like, well, why aren't you doing this? You better do that. You know, everybody kind of looks on the surface. And I've had so many conversations offline and I've told so many people like, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You know, you can't yell at a company, for example, to, hey, you guys should have more women ambassadors. Well, what if that company offered six women deals? Like, there's just so much going on that I think you can come from a good place still keeping in mind, like, you don't really know everything that's going on. So be careful how hard you push. But, you know, in, in your circumstance, I would have never thought like, hey, your lease is expiring because you're moving down to Florida, right? Yeah, that's I'm, I'm in Florida currently. Um, but yeah, that's that's absolutely the situation. You know, I can't talk on other people and defend or yep. um, go on the offensive against other people or what their situations, their companies, their corporations. But I can tell you what's going on in my life and my perspective to the best of my ability. That, that was one of the things that weighed heavily in my decision. It didn't make sense signing a, a long-term lease when... I wasn't sure what employment opportunities were going to be there. Uh, even this past year, you know, I had a lot of professional turmoil, and that's what led I, – I basically um, was out the door, as we talked about on the last podcast, um, yep. at the end of last wrestling season, 2019. And I began working out with Matt Fine and Silver, kind of got that spark and that itch to compete again, came back – Decided I was going to get one more serious run. I felt like I was good enough. I didn't get a healthy shot at Snyder. And I felt like this is, you know, meant to be. This is my dream. I'm going to realize it. He's at Penn State now. I get to go where he's at to knock him off to make his team. I was really excited. In September, I got a call um, right before I left for the world championships with Nick. And it was that somebody had made anonymous complaints and to Duke HR that I was wrestling and playing games too hard in the room as a, as a coach. And they said that I was on paid leave and uh, they were going to continue to pay me, but I had to step away for now, which I was leaving for, you know, four to six weeks on this world yeah. world deal. So I'm like, Oh, this will get resolved when I get back. It's not too big of a deal. Definitely did not make that trip as enjoyable as it could have been, but <laughs> right. I come back and meet with them, answer some questions. They give me the full HR report. I get completely cleared. I come back to work for two days, and then there's new reports that, again, I'm uh, I'm now upset that people turned me in and that I was tweeting things um, in order to go after these guys. And they pulled up one tweet from, it was like November 11th or something, and it said basically like, hey, in my opinion, a good teammate someone that holds each other accountable and does all this stuff. And um, these guys, I guess, thought that I was telling them, I don't know, that this tweet was about them. So they turned it over, and then I w went to the appeal board. I obviously won the appeal again, and then got cleared again, and came back, and the same thing happened again. Oh, and my they gosh. basically just sat me down. And this, this drew all the way out till uh, mid-January. Wow. So I was in a no-training situation. I was still on staff at Duke. So I couldn't be in NC State's room more than for just RCC stuff. 
And then I was still, um, you know, contracted with Duke. So I was expecting to be in their room and I couldn't be. So I was working out maybe three times a week, getting to work out maybe three times a week. And I qualified for the Olympic trials doing yeah. that. I wrestled a Bill Farrell doing that. And they basically tell me in January, hey, you know, these people are just not going to stop. So we're going to ask you to step away and we'll continue to pay you. And I was like, all right, you know, there, <laughs> there might be a day where that situation is going to get right because I feel wronged right now. Yeah. But I have this dream in front of me and I'll finally have an opportunity to pursue it whole, wholeheartedly and full time again. And that's what I ended up doing. So I didn't really get to start training um, until mid-January again this past year for the Olympic trials. So I got a good six weeks in, went down to Cuba, wrestled in Cuba, um, was beating Salas Perez with a minute left, was down by like a point or two uh, against Jaden with like a minute left, and felt like I was making good pushes against these yeah. guys. I felt like I made a lot of progress in six weeks, finally able to train again, six more weeks before the trials. I felt like I was going to be where I needed to be to finally get over the hump and achieve, you know, that like we talked about last time that running and jumping in your coach's arms moment yep. and they canceled, canceled the deal on me. And it's funny, I came back. One of the things that I, I talked about with my older brother, who's been such an inspiration to me was I'm coming back because the truth seekers. Yep. And he said, what if you come back and you're still not good enough to make the team? You're not good enough to win. And I said, man, I've never been the best in my life at any point but I've never lived my way, life in a way that I'm afraid to find out or I'm afraid to fail. So I want to come back and I want to seek the truth. I want to find out, was it because I was sick? Am I able to put together this run on the Olympic level? Am I able to achieve those childhood dreams? And the hard part is I'm now stepping away with all those questions unanswered. However, at one point I was prepared to do that. So it just seems right. I think, I don't know what the future completely holds for me yet. I don't, yeah. but I do know that I, I want to be able to help out and give back to the amateur wrestling community. I want to be able to grant Make-A-Wish Foundation wishes and work with Special Olympics athletes and be able to financially support underprivileged youth and get them to wrestling camps, get them to athletic camps in the summer so that they can have a, a better impact on their environment and their community. Yeah. And Unfortunately, I don't feel that God is telling me that the amateur wrestling route is the way to go about doing that anymore. Sure. So I just feel it's best maybe to step away while I figure things out. And again, in three months from now, you know, God might be pointing me in a different direction. Just yeah. say, hey, you needed that break. Now come back, make that serious push again, and let's get it popping. Let's get after these guys. Right. Um, but that's not what I feel at the time. So. That's why I kind of stepped away. That was a lot of the things that were going on behind the scenes when I was wrestling in Houston, Texas, or I mean uh, Dallas, Texas, yeah. last December to qualify for the Olympic trials on no training. I was just showing up and wrestling because I felt like I was a go-getter and I was a gunslinger and I could do it. And I did enough to get qualified, and I thought I was going to be ready come trials time, but God had different plans for me. So I'm excited to find out what those plans are. For sure. And and this is a sport that's so hard to walk away from in any capacity. I mean, I was never successful in the sport. I never even started varsity. And yet I can't get away from it. I love it. You know, and now more than ever, I think the sport needs ambassadors. It needs people pushing for equality. It needs people pushing for more coverage for women's wrestling and growing the sport on different levels. Like there's so many ways now more than ever, I feel like to help the sport out. And that's the thing for you, I think, where it's like, 
man, there's so much you can still do, and you might still get sucked in by being active in the sport. You might be in a room and look at it, it's only what August now. Olympic trials aren't until April. We're still eight months away. A lot can happen in eight months. But you know, as of now, if this is the end for your career, you look back on and there's so many matches, so many memories, and we talked about some of them the last time you were on the podcast. What do you think are some of the things you reflect on the most as you look back at, at, on your time in this? That's a difficult question. You know, like you said, my entire life has been dedicated to this, has been involved yeah. in the sport of wrestling. And that was why the Post again said, see you later, not goodbye, because I do think that I'll still be actively involved in the sport moving forward. However, even this morning, I was thinking after waking up, you know, I, I don't know what life is like without wrestling. Wrestling knows what it's like without me, but I don't know what my life is like without amateur sure. wrestling. And that, that's a, um, it's an exciting thing, but it's also been a comforting thing. Yeah. And I would be a hypocrite to go about my life telling people to get out of their comfort zone, push themselves, you know, go experience new things if I wasn't willing to do it myself. And it's an exciting new opportunity. It's a new opportunity, but one that I'm ready to tackle and I think I'm ready for in my personal yeah. and professional life. So, um, you know, I, I look back and everything I have in my life right now has been in large part because of the sport of wrestling. The education I have is because of the sport of wrestling. The yeah. long-term girlfriend I have, I met because of the sport of wrestling. Yeah. The, dogs and the house and the family that you know that we kind of created for ourselves has been a result of the sport of wrestling the success the failures the resilience the tangibles the characteristics all of that have been developed cultivated grown and influenced by the sport of wrestling so i don't know if the jacob Casper you see before you could exist without the sport of wrestling in fact i know that he couldn't yeah. um so i don't know if there's a single moment that I'll reflect on and say, oh, that was my wrestling moment. Instead, yeah. it's going to be the lifelong lessons that I learned every single day, punching that nine to five clock in and out, uh, trying to be my best, trying to do my best for the sport of wrestling, whether it be an athlete, be a coach, be a competitor, whatever it was at the time. Um, I think those are the things that I'm really going to, you know, rely on and that are never going to change for me. So I'm a wrestler today. I'll be a wrestler tomorrow, and I was definitely a wrestler yesterday. I don't think that's ever going to change. And, you know, you mentioned the lessons wrestling's taught you, and I talk about this all the time with people because me having never been good, I don't look back and think about that championship, that title, this tournament. I look back and think about the discipline that it taught me, the, the discernment of opportunities and, and putting in the sweat equity. When you look back, what lessons do you think the sport has taught you so far? There's so many places to go about it. You know, as you were speaking there, something that came to mind, I was speaking to my little brother just the other day. And one of the things that I remember was waking up. I got a call for a Gardner Webb duel. Um, the night before the duel, one of the guys on the, in the lineup failed. And because of that, I wasn't prepared to make weight. I was cutting a lot of weight at the time. And the coaches asked if I could make it. I got on the scale. I was 16 over less than 24 hours out and I woke up at 4 a.m. and I had a teammate gracious enough to come in and work out with me at 4 a.m. before the team workout. I worked out. I then worked out at the team workout. I then took two tests and did a lab, came back, worked out again, 
I had a teammate put me through a bike workout for that third workout. I was almost on weight. I was so dead that I had a teammate pass me um, to leave for that Gardner-Webb duel. <laughs> and I get to Gardner-Webb. I had a little bit more to shed off. And I shed it. I, I got all the weight off. And a, you know, less than 24-hour stretch. I got ready, got prepared for the duel. My teammate did not pack shoes for me, so I had to <laughs> had to use our heavyweight shoes, take them off in between the 197-pound match, so he had them and was ready to go. And went out and won. I won for my guys. I won for the coaches that asked me to do it, and I won for my team, but I absolutely didn't want to do it at the time. Um, but those were one of the stories that I remember. I remember being in that wrestling room at 4 a.m., yeah. and I remember getting that call that you had to step up to the plate when you didn't really want to. And those are the things that happen in life. You know, you had a very emotional post yesterday, and that's the kind of stuff that happens in life. And wrestling teaches you, you know, you got to keep moving forward and you have to be yep. strong in those situations. That doesn't mean necessarily you, you can't feel and you can't leave yourself alone for the time being, but it means, okay, after one hour or one day or one week of grieving, you've got to get back up on that horse and man up, saddle up, and get ready to ride again. And yep. that's what it was. I, I did not want to make weight that time. I, and when it came time to it, I was surrounded by good people that pushed me to do better things than what I wanted to do for myself. Sure. They loved me enough to want more for me than I wanted for myself. And Randy Roden was in the room with me at 4 a.m. Those guys on the team, Dylan Ryan, who I wrestled with at that team practice, and he kept pushing me when I was dying. You know, Coach Lanham, Coach Whistle were the ones that I wanted to make weight for so that I could wrestle yeah. for them. The guys in the lineup, I didn't want to let them down. Evan Botwin's the one that put me through that bike workout and packed my bags for me. So when I didn't want it for myself, I had other people in my circle that I could rely on. And that's one of the stories, you know, you don't quit when you're tired. You don't quit when you want to be done. You quit when the job's done. Yeah. And at times you might need help, but if you're surrounded by the right people, they'll help you do that. And, you know, who, who knows? Who would have thought that a Gardner Webb duel my sophomore year of college <laughs> would be something that I was talking about on a podcast years later, but that just goes to show every single day, every single moment in that room, there were valuable teaching lessons and valuable moments that are kind of in your subconscious and then sometimes yeah. get brought to the surface funny enough. And they'll continue to guide you through life when difficult decisions and difficult situations arise. For sure. And I know it's funny because there's always different things in life that stick with you as far as teachable moments and things you want to, you know, share to others. And, I know for me, when I was younger, my credit was absolutely ruined by decisions I made. You're living out of a car. How good can your credit be? And, you know, growing up, I never had any guidance financially whatsoever. So I've learned the hard way everything about finances and, and what not to do and telling young people, like, build your credit, do this, do that. I'm curious. There are so And by the way, anybody listening who's young here, don't mess up your credit. Build your credit score. But there are a lot of younger listeners to this podcast in their, let's say, teenage years where their whole future is ahead of them still. Their whole wrestling career, their college careers, their potential junior cadet world championship uh, caliber careers are ahead of them. What advice would you give them having gone through so much? If you're looking back to, to people who are now going to come after you, what advice would you give them? Dream the biggest. If you're going to set out to do something, shoot for the top goal. Don't sell yourself short at any time. Work the hardest. 
you know, on the days you feel good, you compete against yourself. On the days you feel bad, you make sure you beat everybody else. Because if you can beat everybody else every single day on the days you feel bad, when you're beating yourself on the days you feel good, then you're beating sure. the toughest guy in the room. Uh, complain the least. When it comes time to do it, someone's got to step up to the plate. And, you know, sometimes the cross is heavy to bear and the burden sucks to carry, but yeah. someone's got to do it. So complain the least to step up and do it. Be the man. And, you know, that's that's metaphorical, man, because they're obviously very strong women and stuff, too. But when it comes time for difficult decisions or those moments in a duel when you're down by six and you got to send someone out to get a pen, you better hope that it's you. Yeah. And that's not something that comes naturally to very many people. It never came naturally to me to be wanting to be in that spotlight, to want to be in those pressure situations. But over time, the more you visualize and daydream and put yourself in those situations, the more that it, it comes to light. You know, there were moments in my life when, you know, that were hard, that were struggles. My girlfriend's best friend passed away going into my senior season someone that I was also close with in an unexpected car accident. And I had to be strong for her as season was kicking off. Sure. And that wasn't easy while grieving at the same time. Two weeks later, I had to hold my grandmother's hand as she took her last dying breath, someone that I was extremely close to. And at the same time, not a lot of people on the team even knew that all that was going on sure. because, you know, I, I had to also be the team captain, team leader and lead by example. Um, you know, if it's packing up for your house, be the first one awake to pack the house to get ready to move and be the last one to go to sleep and don't stop in between. Sometimes you just got to, you know, like I referenced early, buckle down, saddle up, man up and just carry on. And it sucks yeah. and it's not enjoyable. But at the end of the day, we have to do what we have to do in order to do what we want to do. Sure. And those are one of the things that are going to get you there. And then above all else, I guess, stay humble at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> God is a humbling thing. The sport of wrestling is a humbling thing. Um, life will find a way to humble you a million times. So if there's somebody out there, I guess, the, the key piece of advice I would be would be dream the biggest, work the hardest, complain the least, be the man, and stay humble. If you do those things every day, I think you'll be in a really good spot. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's one of the reasons I've become such a fan of you, just watching your work ethic and watching that attitude of just – I don't care what it takes. I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to do it and, and not shy away from it. I think you have a lot of people that take the easy road. They want to go to the school where they're not going to have to compete for a spot. They're going to do things that, you know, to just kind of, you know, uh, in the Bible it says you can't serve two gods. And I think some people want to kind of serve two gods, whether it's, you know, being committed to wrestling and having all the fun in the world outside where maybe you should sacrifice more. And, and you're somebody who I look at and I see the sacrifices. And, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the WWE because the last time you came on the podcast, you know, we were talking about your dreams of, of being in the WWE. And I, I've seen for that, you know, probably I think you're, you're, a hum, you're a humble guy and you don't, I think, share some of the work you're doing. But I see it, you know, in conversations and when uh, Mike Machiavello came on here, was talking about how you got him to act in classes. Like, there's so much you're doing. Are you seeing, like, the pattern of all the work you put in in amateur wrestling? And now as you pursue the WWE dream, you're putting in the work again. Like, what, you, what you've accomplished and what you've done and where you've built yourself up to be, 
that's just the platform that you're leveraging now to continue to, to work harder. I got to imagine that the hard work you put in and the lessons you've learned as you gear up for this next step where I almost want to kind of say you're starting at the bottom again, right? You're, you're the guy now who has to get a contract, prove himself and prove himself to the crowd. And WWE is a, a cutthroat sport because you do got to win over the audience. Whether they love or hate you, you got to get them to engage. And it's not like amateur wrestling where really all you got to do is please your coach, you know, get on the team win a couple wrestle-offs, whatever the case may be, and you go out there and it's about you. Professional wrestling isn't really about you per se. It's about the crowd. So you're kind of starting over in this new chapter, and I'm curious what your perspective is heading into it with that work ethic you've learned from amateur wrestling. Yeah, even when it comes to the platform, you know, a lot of those things, like I referenced, don't come naturally or, or comfortably to me and i think we've talked about that before putting out content not always easiest thing for me yeah. um, i'm capturing content right now but i'm not putting a lot of it out there because yeah. i'm hoping that someday this journey gets told the story gets told that i get to a place that it matters enough that people want to see what went into it um but that stuff doesn't doesn't necessarily come naturally to me i, I care about people i care about you know my image and you know what people think and what people say a little bit more than i lead on uh, Steve Grizzly put out a song recently and he talked about, um, you know, I, I hit lottery in this life basically, but then I sit around and I look at what other people have and I let it bother me. Kylie yeah. Jenner is a billionaire, but she's younger than me. So I'm supposed to have more money than her logically. But then I start thinking like she came from millions and I came from poverty. So it's not always a competition with your peers. Sometimes it's always relative to who you are and where you came from in your experiences and what you've done. And something that Victoria and Anthony and I have been talking about is representation matters. Yeah. And for every number one ranked kid in the country that's currently number one ranked, and you know, they can look to Jaden Cox or Kyle Snyder, who are number one in the country coming out, there's at least 50 Jacob Casters out there that yeah. were not on national rankings that wanted um, to, to be great and to be able to pursue things. And they didn't necessarily know how to, but they were giving it their all. And that's why I posted that. I didn't post that for myself or for my own personal gratification. I posted that in case there's that kid out there who's not ranked right now in college, who just wants one D one shot so that he can get his chance to wrestle on that big stage come Saturday in March, yeah. you know, maybe he'll see that and say, Hey, when it comes my time to walk away from the sport, even if I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish, because let's be honest in, in the collegiate sphere, there's only been one person who's really accomplished everything there is to accomplish, and it's been yeah. Kale. And even then, you ask him, I'm sure there's a match or two that he wishes he would have won by more. Oh, or yeah. pin someone faster. Or tech yeah. ball someone faster. So at the end of the day, we're never going to be happy with our results, but that doesn't mean we can't be proud of what we did and proud of who we became because of the sport. So that was also kind of dealing with that platform and capturing content. But um, back to your point about you know the WWE and – getting excited to make a run there. Um, what's all going on behind the scenes? And am I applying the same amateur work ethic that led me to success to professional wrestling or to whatever comes next? Because I, I don't have anything nailed down entirely yet at this phase. But, yeah, they do. I mean, every single day I'm attacking the day with 100 miles per hour. The problem is right now I don't have as much direction as what I would like. Yeah. Um, and – 
college wrestling, that was one of the big things. I felt like in high school, I was willing to go hard. I've always been the guy that coaches have to tell, okay, maybe you need to relax a little bit. Maybe you need to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Maybe you need to ease up. And when I got to college, I had coaches that were able to give me direction to better channel my energy, better channel my efforts, and to seeing direct results. And right now, not having a coach, not having a team, not having – those things make it difficult to feel like I'm getting entirely prepared, um, which is interesting because I've just come from a situation where I was so familiar. I've, I'm 25 years old. I've been wrestling since I was three. So I've, I've got 22 years of experience in the yeah. sport of wrestling. I know what I need to do. And um, I'm just not in that same place yet for MMA, for pro wrestling, for business, for whatever is to come next for tech stuff like that we discussed. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that stuff at all. I don't know how to use that stuff. So I am working hard to the best of my ability every day, but I definitely feel that when the time comes and I get some coaches in my corner, I think I'm going to be able to better channel, channel that because at the end of the day, if you're going 100 miles per hour but not in the right direction, I guess it's kind of worthless, right? And sure. there was actually a TED Talk about that. You know, if you want to go – fast go by yourself you want to go far go with a coach and the you know a professional successful professional was talking about how he hired a coach for his personal training for playing an instrument for and you've got to be willing to humble yourself sometimes and realize i don't know what i'm always talking about and i felt my promos and my public speaking ability needed work you know whether it be for mma for business for professional wrestling so i hopped into those acting classes and i've been doing those and pouring my heart into it and trying to get the best results I can. I've been lifting hard. I've been dieting right. I've been studying film. I've been doing everything I can. And I don't know what I'm not doing yet because I don't know what I don't know. But, you know, as soon as someone tells me, hey, you need to implement this, I'm going to do it and do it to the best of my ability to try to be successful. And that's what amateur wrestling gave me. Yeah. You said a lot there. I want to pull a couple things out. Number one, Victoria Anthony. I am a huge Victoria Anthony fan. I am such a fan of not only her personality, but how she's working so hard to start a company during quarantine to provide for yourself so you don't have to rely on sponsors is amazing. She came on, we did an episode a couple months ago about her company. Um, I, I think the sport definitely needs more people like her. And, you know, talking about, you were talking about your career and, and things you achieved and didn't achieve. And one thing that popped in my head that I think is relevant is that people need to trust in God's plan for their lives. Not everybody's going to be a world champion or even an NCAA champion or whatever. Wrestling might just be a stepping block for something else. For me, six years of practice in middle school and high school just led me to having discipline I needed for business. For me, my success wasn't going to be on the mat. It was going to be in business. I think everybody has dreams of being a world champion, being an Olympic champion, being an NCAA champion. But even if these things don't pan out, that's not the end goal. That might be one goal, but God's looking at everybody's entire life, not just through your you know, 20s and maybe 30s if you're somebody like Burroughs. Like, there's so much more life left. And I think so many times we get short-sighted. And I've learned from a lot of you successful wrestlers that come on this podcast that you got to appreciate the journey and you got to keep a proper perspective. Seth Gross just posted a great message a couple days ago where 
he was riding his bike, and it was getting harder and harder. And as he looked at the top of the mountain, it looked so far away. So he kept picking stuff 10, 15 feet away. I'm just going to get there. I'm just going to get to the stop sign. I'm just going to get there. I'm going to get there. And and you kind of go journey by journey, step by step. If you're just looking at the end result, number one, you're going to be disappointed. Because I've had multiple Olympic gold medalists on here, and some of the most depressing times in their life was after they won the gold because it's a it's a sudden drop off and if your eyes are only on what you could possibly achieve in your wrestling career you're going to rob yourself of everything else God is doing in your life and I think one example of that is it sounds like if I could take something from what you're saying and give somebody advice who's younger is appreciate your coaches you rarely think about stuff like that in the in the process. Yeah, you're grateful for your coaches, but man, what would you do right now for a full set of coaches like you had at Duke, like you had in high school? Now, all of a sudden, you're without, and you said it best, you don't know what you don't know, and as the age-old cliche saying goes, you don't know what you got until it's gone. So whether you're in high school, college, whatever the case may be, I think to appreciate your coaches, I don't think you ever had a lack of appreciation for your coaches, but I can certainly tell right now if you had to rank your gratitude, I would imagine being without those right now, it's probably a little higher. <laughs> yeah, the, the age-old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, to t- kind of touch on everything you said, yeah, Victoria Anthony's done an amazing job. And, you know, I think is a great ambassador to the sport, great representation, and we got some exciting things in the works. So uh, look forward to that stuff coming out, and we definitely will need the, the rest of the community support to try to get some better representation out there and, yep. you know, try to make a bigger impact. And that was one of the things actually on the drive down to Florida I was thinking about, though, when you referenced, you know, being a young kid and, and kind of celebrating your wins. And one of the posts that I put out at one point said, own biggest critic, own biggest supporter. And I, I do yep. 1,000% believe that I am my own biggest critic and I am my own biggest supporter. No one is more, more of a perfectionist than me when it comes to my own game and my own skills. But in the same breath, nobody's ever believed in my own ability and my own skills like I have because I know what I'm willing to sacrifice. Yeah. I know what I'm willing to give. I've been blessed with, like I said, a, a great girlfriend, a great set of brothers, a great you know, parenting support system, great coaches, great teammates. But at the end of the day, nobody's ever wanted more for me than I want for myself. And it's not like a a hunger thing. Unfortunately, it might even be more of like a gluttony thing where when I get a little bit, I want a little bit more and fuels me and it feeds me. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't step back and kind of smell the roses every once in a while. And there are little victories along the way. And I'm hoping to, soon be able to post about a couple of those little victories um you know and just kind of bring everything into perspective when i was a little kid i always loved watching the wwe it was something you watched on tv when i was a little kid rich and famous people lived in florida and when i was a little kid we we craved going to hotels so that we could swim in a swimming pool and you know three of those things are possibly on the horizon all three of them Yep. It's not unrealistic for me to believe in the next six months that I could be in Florida working for the WWE, owning a home with a swimming pool. And you tell six-year-old or five-year-old Jacob Casper that, he thinks he's the man. He thinks he made it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 25-year-old Jacob Casper realizes there's a lot more to life. Yeah. He's got a lot more to do. And materialistic things aren't everything. He's got a lot more he wants to accomplish. And 
I maybe believe that if you ask freshman in high school, Jacob Casper, who just went 10 and 13, hey, man, I'll give you the opportunity to end your career as a Division One wrestler, as a two-time Division One All-American, two-time Southern Scuffle champion, Duke Athletics' most valuable athlete, Duke Athletics' male scholar of the year, two-time Olympic trials qualifier, uh, you know, would you take it? And I think that freshman in high school would probably take it at the end of the yeah. day. 25-year-old Jacob Casper doesn't feel necessarily the same way. <laughs> yeah. But over time, you start dreaming bigger and you start wanting more for yourself and you want more for those around you and you want to be able to provide and you want to be able to provide and do more for even those people that you don't know that aren't around you just because yeah. you want to have a bigger impact and a greater, a greater sense of good for the world. So... I think those things are all important, you know, bet on yourself like Victoria Anthony has with free flow and gusto and representation matters. And you can celebrate the victories along the way while still being your own biggest critic and own biggest supporter. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because as a kid, you know, I'm getting ready here. I bought land two years ago and we're getting ready to God willing, start breaking ground in our house soon. And it's funny because if you would have told little Justin that 20 years ago, 15 years ago, or if you would have told the Justin even more recent, how about 18 year old Justin sleeping in his car? If you would have told him I'm going to buy an 11 acre piece of property and build a house and just have this, this footprint, you know, it's, it's humbling to look back at dreams you want and see that for me, it's like I went to a place where I was literally trying to find a place to park my car to sleep in. And now God has brought me all the way to a place where thousands of cars could go fit on the lot, you know, and to look back at your childhood dreams and see some of those coming to life is humbling to see if I continue this work ethic, where else can I go? What else can I do? You know, if, if, if your dreams as a little kid were swimming pool, Florida, this, that, and those things happen in your twenties, then it's like, man, I worked my butt off and I got this. What else can God do through me? I forget the material side of it. You know, what else can the work ethic, what other fruits from my labor can, can be reaped? And I think that's a powerful message to look back at things you wanted, see that you have them and then say, all right, I like that. I don't, you can take away everything I have right now because I know I have what it takes to build it back up. I don't have that fear. You know, I don't want to lose everything, but if I did, similar to you if you lost everything and tomorrow you had to start over you have your work ethic you have your brain you have everything you'd probably look at it like i would like okay this is a challenge i'll be right there you know what i mean like so i think it's always cool to reflect back on that and you know as you change chapters here it seems like there's a lot of that going on absolutely and i i feel i kind of did it at that point at one at one point in time recently I felt my alma mater that I did everything I could to provide, uh, you know, the best image for, and I gave back to community service, and I really committed myself to representing Duke University to the best of my abilities. I felt like they kind of kicked me to the curb, and, you know, I was very fortunate and very blessed to have the Wolfpack guys bring me in and build me up, and, you know, that's not to say everyone in the Duke University wrestling community or Duke University felt that way. You know, I still have some of my best friends, some of my coaches. There's a reason that all the Duke University coaches were still coaching me after everything went down. Sure. They were showing up to workouts and putting me through stuff because they know who I am. They know what I did. I never did anything wrong. But if you're going to look at me and tell me you want to be a national champ, I'm going to expect you to work like a national champ. 
apparently some of the guys on the team or whoever was making those complaints didn't feel that way. But yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that it's just funny because your dreams and perspective can shift over time. And that's what I meant by dream the biggest. My little brother's down here with me and he's not always, he's never really seen the world in the same light that I have. He is such a talented individual and can do so many things. But at the end of the day, he doesn't always think the same way and was kind of hesitant and reluctant to come down here because he was thinking the whole time, well, what if I fail? What if things go wrong? What if this happens? I said, Drew, look, man, you entered high school. They told you you should go to like trade school because you have ADHD, dyslexia. You were suffering from, you know, symptoms of symptoms of anxiety and depression. And what do you do? You graduated high school against all odds. On top of it, you won a high school state title in Ohio where I couldn't do it, where the majority of people can't do it. I was like, you absolutely did not fail at that level. You went to college after they told you you wouldn't be able to get through high school and you graduated with a college degree and you were the number one ranked undefeated heavyweight wrestler in division three this year. You've never failed at anything you've done in life. Like, why are you going to start failing now? And that was sentiments that my uncle and I uh, were kind of trying to relate to him to get him to realize just what he's really capable of. And that's why I hope people dream the biggest that they can dream at the point in time, because six-year-old Jacob or five-year-old Jacob thought, you know, a house in Florida with a pool and being in the WWE is as big as he could dream. But I realized there's so much more to that. And, you know, two examples of that would be, we were just in Dick's Sporting Goods the other day, my brother and I, and we were walking through to return an item uh, with my uncle. And we saw the Under Armour section. You know how they have it by brand typically. Yeah. And every single graphic in that Under Armour section is The Rock. And it's The Rock lifting. And it's yeah. The Rock, you know, in this gear. And this Under Armour, he's got the shoes. He's got the socks. He's got headphones. Everything. And my brother said, man, isn't that something? Like, that's the top right there. That's what, you know, the best of all time in, you know, the sports entertainment industry has done. And I said, man, I think the shoes are too small. I'm thinking even bigger. And he, he did not understand what I meant at the time, but I feel like even with all that the Rocks accomplished, purchasing the XFL recently and, you know, having such an impact, leading the Attitude Era and viewership and all of that. And I'm like, man, I think there's more. You know, he was shooting for the moon, but I'm going to shoot for the stars because I'm trying to get into a whole other galaxy because I, I believe my work ethic's out of this world. I don't think anyone's going to be able to keep up with me. And the authenticity is what's going to sell. And I've just got to put motion into action now and and prove to my little brother and prove to so many people yeah. that at the end of the day those shoes were too small and that there are bigger things to shoot for um and in the same breath we were talking about good friends training partner teammate daniel formier and his impeding closely uh coming up on upon retirement next weekend his last fight is next weekend and you know, I was getting asked, you know, have you reached out to him? Do you talk to him? How's he feel that this is it? Like, he's going to be done after this. This is going to be, you know, the end for him. And I said, man, it's not going to be the end for him. Because Daniel Cormier is going to live through all of the little kids like Jacob Casper who watched him wrestle at the NCAA championships when they were five or six years old. Yeah. That watched him wrestle at the World Team Trials in Cincinnati, Ohio. At the Olympic Team Trials in 2004 and 2008. That all of all the people that watched his MMA journey, including when he won double UFC titles and was world champion in two divisions. And his legacy will continue to live on and all those that he inspired. And 
that's kind of what I mean by wearing the shoes bigger that, you know, like Tupac said, you know, I might not be the one to change the world, but if I can inspire the person to do it, then I'm happy with that. And like I said, I have causes that I'm really wanting to make an impact on. I'm hoping I'm going to be able to make an impact on, but if I'm not, I hope that I can live my life in a way to, to inspire someone that can. And by the way, you mentioned MMA. Do you think you would do MMA? I have a hard time believing that at some point in my life I won't step into an octagon and fight. Really? I, yeah, I do. You want to get punched in the face? <laughs> no, but that's my biggest thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest thing when someone mentions MMA. I just think like, and I remember when when Burroughs came out and said, "Yeah, I'm not doing it. I don't want to get punched in the face like that." But I mean, listen. I guess if you have the heart to be a WWE athlete, where we've seen what those guys and girls go through. Uh, I, I'm sure there's some pain very similar to getting punched in the face. But, you know, before I let you go here, two quick things. One is that, you know, I want to give you the platform to say any message you want to the wrestling community. And I know there's a lot to be excited about. So th- this is by no means the end of Jacob Casper. And to that effect, because you probably won't say it humbly, but I'll tell them we've been working on Jacob Casper's website. We're going to be launching it here soon. We're going to be adding apparel so you can go on and buy it directly from him. So part of the reason I've been working with so many athletes at Bash Solutions with e-commerce lately is these apparel companies put some money in athletes' pocket, but it's a fraction of what it, what it should be. And it's not that the apparel companies are crooks. It's that it's a small space. So when you run an apparel company, there's a lot of different people that got to get paid. And there's a lot of different expenses that it gets hard to give these athletes what they're worth. And I think one aspect that can be taken care of is buy right from the athletes. Not every athlete has the means and the resources to make that happen. And we're working with as many as possible. But you want to support Jacob, go to his website, buy some apparel, buy, he's going to have many different things on there for sale. It doesn't have to just be apparel. So you, you want to support the athletes. You can support them directly, especially when a guy like Jacob here is, you know, putting in the time, committing the resources to building something like that, not only for his brand, but so that people that want to support him have an avenue. You don't have to go push an apparel brand and then hope that apparel brand keeps them on as an ambassador. Go buy right from the athlete. So, you know, anybody who wants to support Jacob, that's definitely one thing you can do. Keep your eyes peeled um, for an announcement for a website launch. But, you know, before we end this thing, Jacob, I'll give the floor to you to give any message you want to the wrestling community. You know, wrestling is a sport that you'll never be able to fully repay what it's done for you. And I, I'm aware of that, but I'm going to do my best job to repay what it's given me moving forward. Um, the lessons, the people that I've met, you know, they've been second to none. They've been world class. And even when I posted that video, you know, the, the Darian Cruz's, the Nate Jackson's, the Mike Mox, the Tommy Gantz, the Nick Wazowski's, that have been in the room and have, have seen my work ethic and paid homage to that and, uh, you know, paid respect to the person that I am, you know, that's really inspiring. And I, I appreciate that they took the time out of their day to do that. Um, you know, people like you that have helped me so much on the business side of things and getting things rolling, moving forward. Like I appreciate that so much. I appreciate the platform I'm always given. And I'm not going to say I'm going to be without fault or I'm not going to stumble along the way, but I, I promise to try to, 
carry that responsibility to the best of my ability. And I'm working hard every single day to, to make everybody proud and, and to do my best to represent the amateur wrestling community. And I would, you know, appreciate ongoing support. And if you've been supporting, you know, before that, I would appreciate the ongoing support. If you haven't yet, I'd appreciate support moving forward. And at the end of the day, I, I can't promise a lot of things, but I promise I will give every drop of sweat, every drop of blood, everything I have to leave the greatest impact I can on the world and, you know, to act morally and act ethically. And that's what I'm going after right now. And I'm going after it wholeheartedly. So, you know, if you have the financial means, cool, please help support. If you don't, cool, please check out the website. You know, that's free. Post about it, retweet. And I think that goes for everybody and everybody's platform. It doesn't just have to be Jacob Casper or Boshmania, you know, whoever you feel has a platform or is doing good in the world, support them to the best of their ability. Because I think many people don't truly appreciate how much those things really mean to us. You know, I just sit here and ramble on it about it all day, but at the end of the day, um, it's going to mean a lot more than I'll ever be able to convey. So thanks. Please continue. If not, please start. And, uh, (laughs) Let's buckle up. It's going to be a really, really fun and exciting ride kicking off here soon. So stay tuned for some big news. I love it. Awesome. Jacob, have a good day. I'm sure this won't be the last time you're on the podcast. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking within a few minutes. So. All right, you too. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.